As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome into On to Waveland. I'm Sahadev Sharma with The Athletic. With me, as always, is Patrick Mooney. Uh, Brett Taylor is getting a mental health day after that after that loss last night. Patrick, we need we need him to uh, to think about things, get get back to work, and and uh, you know you know he needs a rest day. He's he's going to need to figure some things out before he he steps back into his spot as as the leader of this podcast. Uh, uh, previously <laughs> scheduled, previously scheduled. Yeah, yeah. Brett Brett has actual things to do. He isn't bowing out after that disastrous loss. Uh, and if you're unaware, this is being recorded on a Thursday, Wednesday night. The Cubs had a 6-1 lead in Houston. It had already been a bad series in Houston. They lost the first two, uh, probably had a good chance to win one of those games, and they blew that 6-1 lead heading into the eighth inning. Uh, Mark Leiter, uh, you know, poor outing for him. You can excuse that as a guy who's – you know, had had been really good. He's been used sparingly over the past week. Uh, I talked to him about that. He'd warmed up a couple times and just didn't get into the game because the situations changed uh, and, and he ended up not coming in. So it wasn't like he was hurt over the past week and they were hiding anything or, or anything like that, which does happen. Guys, you know, come in with a sore arm and it's a day or two thing. But Lighter seemed to be fine. I don't believe he had that stomach bug that's going around the team. Uh, just just a bad outing for him. And, and the real mess was Keegan Thompson comes into the ninth inning. One pitch, uh, hard hit single up the middle by a guy who, you know, a, a decently uh, well thought of prospect, I believe, uh, their catcher, Yan- Yanir Diaz. 
Uh, Jake Myers, two pitches later, launches a pitch 400 plus feet. These are not, you know, intimidating offensive players. And and for those people who still think the Houston Astros are this deep, uh, you know, overpowering offense, they just haven't been this year. They're they're they've been a bad offense all season long, and uh, it was one of those series where the Cubs made them look like the World Series the defending World Series champs that they are, and they haven't been playing like that all year. Uh, that that was the beginning of the end for the Cubs. The, those three pitches, a three-run game goes to a one-run game. Uh, Keegan just didn't have it. Walked a guy that, you know, walks 2.5% of the time, and Ross pulled him. Ross apparently had Brandon Hughes warming after that first pitch. That's how little. That's how short of a leash he has. I think the story is Keegan Thompson, uh, Brandon Hughes. You know, couldn't hold that lead. The top of the order is coming up at six to five. No outs. Man on. Uh, man on first. He just. He didn't have much of a chance. He had to warm up quickly. Had to get out there to face a couple lefties that were looming. I can't. I can't hate on Brandon Hughes. I can't hate on Mark Leiter. Really tough situation with Keegan Thompson right now. I think. I think that's. He's kind of a linchpin for this bullpen. A guy that can go multiple innings. Had a great year last year in a bullpen role. Looked like if hey, if this even if this guy isn't available as often as other relievers, if he can give you two plus innings every third day, every fourth day, there's value in that. But uh, I think we're kind of learning how. The lack of flexibility, the lack of availability can really hurt uh, a bullpen. And also just this is what happens when you rely like he's he's ineffective now. It's not just that it's not just that he's you know, he's not always available. It's that when he is available, he's effective half the time. I think that that's really stung this team uh, and, and it's it's costing them. Uh, in multiple ways and, and now it just you know it led to the worst loss uh, I think since that Bryce Harper walk off in 2019 in Philadelphia yeah that was a great callback in your story Sahadev because I kind of watched the end of the game and as they had they show some players kind of sit in the dugout you know dazed just staring out in the field or guys heading back into the clubhouse and Jim Deshays said what I was thinking, worst loss of the season. Uh, that's what you wrote in your lead very accurately. And I was just curious kind of what the uh, mood was like in the clubhouse. Because reading your story, which was uh, expertly crafted, it did not seem like Keegan Thompson was particularly introspective in that moment. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Keegan uh, was adamant that he, he kept going to stuff instead of just like breaking down anything that could be wrong, even though we asked the question in multiple ways. It, it didn't seem like he was too interested in, in diving into anything with us. Uh, like I wrote, I you know, that, that could just be with us. Let, let's hope that is. You, you have to think, you have to hope that he's trying to figure out what's wrong because something is wrong when you have a strikeout rate uh, under 20%, when you have a walk rate that's pushing your strikeout rate. Uh, it's That doesn't work. If, if, if his name wasn't Keegan Thompson and he had those peripherals, nobody, no fan, no nobody with the Cubs would be supporting him in any way. Like, this isn't, like, 
he had 30 great relief innings last year and and that's I mean I came into the season thinking he was a great piece of the bullpen I'm not going to deny and say like I saw this from the start but after a while when when you're struggling as much as you are getting missing bats and and you're giving free runners uh, to the opposition it it just it won't work you, something has to change you either you have to stop doing those things either you have to start missing bats and stop walking people or you're going to get lit up like it just doesn't work and um you know we saw what happened wednesday night it's it's not it, there's I, I i just don't see how you can continue to have someone like that in your bullpen unless something changes quickly for him uh i i I don't know if a demotion is coming, but I, I think it would make sense uh, unless they, they see a quick fix or or they just don't see an option of someone to call back up. No, no, I think they have to shake things up by Friday. I'd be shocked if you walk into the visiting clubhouse there at Citizens Bank Park and don't see some new faces or guys being uh, you know relocated and stuff like that because this can't, continue i mean and it's not just keegan thompson like we both made this assumption and the cubs were very confident in this idea of oh we put a bullpen together every winter and it all works out fine and it's like you know relievers are as jed hoyer has told us from the start the most unpredictable commodities in the game and so far uh, it hasn't worked and i think you can make valid criticisms of David Ross with some of the lineup stuff, the Eric Hosmer kind of security blanket, um, things like that. But the bullpen to me is more on the front office. And as you pointed out, like the numbers haven't been terrible. It's just that this is not a team with a lot of breathing room or margin for error. And it's like, I'm looking at the, you know, cubs.com depth chart here, you know, like Fulmer, you basically lost a closer's job a couple weeks into the season. Boxberger on the IL. Uh, Alzali's done well, but obviously, you know, is not a guy that can just face anyone yet. I mean, Keegan Thompson's been a mess really since spring training. I mean, we'll go back that far. Julian Merriweather, not a circle of trust guy. Mark Letter Jr., very good. Michael Rucker um, doesn't get a lot of love, but has been, you know, pretty good for a while now. Brandon Hughes on and off the IL. Nick Birdie, the latest guy off the scrap heap. And Jeremiah Estrada, who obviously has a huge fastball, but like very little uh, experience. And so it was the stage of the season where last night I was literally looking at AAA Iowa stats. And like, you know, I, I could see a guy like Tyler Duffy at, at some point coming back. But even the, you know, obviously we, you've written about Cam Sanders. He made a really good impression in spring training. He's got, you know, some nice numbers in terms of ERA. But, I mean, this guy's walked 28 guys in 16-plus innings. Yeah. Like, can you imagine David Ross's reaction <laughs> if you, like, put that guy in Wrigley Field right now? Yeah. Uh, one name I'd keep an eye on is, is Vinny Natoli. I I don't know what the peripherals look like at AAA, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure his ERA is, is solid. Uh, you know, comes from a funky angle uh, from the right side. Uh, you know, teams always like the, those different looks. Uh, Cam Sanders walks too many guys, uh, but, you know, he's got the stuff and, and he does miss bats. I, I don't know. I, I would I think he needs to like if you're going to call him up, 
he needs to go on a stretch of where like he's you know walks one guy over like four outings like really show you that he can string together games where he's not walking guys uh beyond that i'm not sure what other righty you can call up assad is i'm, I'm there's been so many moves i can't remember assad is in triple a uh, and right, I'm, I'm not wrong on that. He, Assad's in Triple A, and and I don't think he's eligible to be called up again for a little while. Uh, I just can't keep track of all the moves because he's been up and down so much. And at a certain point, you, we have to remember the the optioning rules, right? You you can only be optioned a certain number of times over the course of the year. It's already May, and I think he's been optioned twice. I I think uh, you know if he's optioned one more time. That's it. When you call him up, he's up for the rest of the year after that. I'm pretty sure those are the rules. You get three options. The fourth means you have to clear waivers to go back down, and there's no way Javier Assad would clear waivers. So now I think he's th- been optioned three times so far. He's been optioned three times. So April 10th, April 21st, May 12th. Okay, so then I'd need to double-check how many times you can be optioned. Maybe it's four times, and then the fifth time you need to clear waivers. Whatever it is, they're, 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 you know, that's that's getting to the point where you need to be really thoughtful about uh, calling him up and down. So now now his, you know, his utility to the Major League Club may be limited. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a lot of options available. You know, like something like I saw Ryan Tapera was DFA'd. Is that an option now? Ryan Tapera is not like hasn't been good in the past couple of years, right? Uh, I, that may just be a degradation of stuff, and he and he can't, and he's not going to be able to to get the job done. But where the Cubs are right now, maybe that's what they need to do. Maybe all it is is you just need a reset, send Keegan down, start using Alzali in these high leverage moments. Trust that lighter that was a blip. Um, you know, I think Boxberger was not was not good right when he was here and now he's hurt um he was sent back to chicago to get uh, his elbow checked out a little more rigorously uh my guess is we won't be seeing him anytime soon in the big with the big league club uh so you know you got to see what estrada can do you got to see what uh, uh nick birdie can do uh i i like them both uh, with birdie i think just the, like with both of them i think the question is quality of strikes being in the zone i think birdie's been told by the coaching staff trust your stuff hammer the zone you know you don't need to be perfect in there the stuff is good enough that you'll miss bats he wasn't perfect in that first uh, first outing i think he walked a guy uh, which was probably the biggest mistake and and they they put the bat on the ball enough to to score a run or two against him i think two runs against him so you know, it, not a perfect outing for him, but I, you know, start rolling with these guys, start pushing them, start seeing what they can do, because because you're you're running out of options, and you know, and I agree. Like, you want to criticize Ross? Fine. Like his it's, when he bats Eric Hosmer six, I am not going to disagree with anyone. Um, should he be pushing a starter more? Should Drew Smiley have thrown more than eighty four pitches? last night i don't know i you know i'll I'll listen to that argument uh i think like last night's losses on the bullpen like just hold a five-run lead right uh 
for three innings. That's all they were asked to do, and they couldn't do it. I get it. I get you want to rip Ross and uh, and complain about the manager. I don't think his bullpen handling is as abysmal as people is ma- are making it out to be. I think they're not executing. I think sometimes the lineup construction it, it bothers me. Uh, I'd like to see other. I'd, I'd like to see some different players get playing time in different spots and hit in different spots. Uh, I think he's starting to change that. You know, Morel's playing every day. We'll see if he plays every day when Nico comes back. Uh, we haven't seen that much of Hosmer, although probably any starts are, are too many uh, right now. Uh, so it's it's more lineup stuff and and things like that 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 are head scratchers for me. But I honestly don't think that like right now it's players got to get the job done. Like that's, that's really what I see. And I agree, you know, this, the front office kind of ignored the bullpen to an extent. And I can get that right. I, I can get that thought process of you have limited funds, spend it in other ways and then spend whatever you have left uh, on, on the, you know, the the platter of of different uh relievers they couldn't get as many different veterans this year usually they can get four or five and two pan out it was you know it was two experienced relievers and right now none of them have panned out as much as i think michael fulmer hasn't been as bad as the numbers ultimately it doesn't matter because there's you know the results have been poor and that is a like that impacts someone's confidence. So it, not only their own confidence, but then the uh, coaching staff and the manager's confidence in you. So that that that's been a big factor, I think, with Fulmer as well. Once you you may get the guy right, he, he had a nice stretch of outings, and then a bad Sunday and a bad Monday, uh, and now now it's right back to where he was before. And and it's you know I I don't think I don't. I, I think he he could have there there was a there's a scenario where he's perfectly fine right where a couple bounces go his way and it's just like two or three bad outings instead of whatever six that it is now uh it, but at a certain point like like I said it just doesn't matter like you just got to get the job done like bad bounces and bad luck can't be the excuse like that's not you get you get bounces too they they got bounces uh Someone pointed out to me, yeah, uh, that home run uh, by Bregman, that was a pop-up. Uh, you know, Jan Gomes hit a liner on Monday that should have been a double that was caught. Uh, but, you know, Matt Mervis hits a ball, uh, you know, two feet to the right, and that's a foul ball. And we're not talking about his first home run. So those bounces go your way too, you know. Uh, that ball that uh, – uh, uh, Alvarez hit yesterday right at Master Boney was thrown home for that first out, uh, you know, almost allowing Brandon Hughes to wriggle out of what ended up being their worst loss of the year. Uh, those those bounces are going your way in that situation, right? Like, so you can't you can't always you can't always just point to that. Uh, I know sometimes I do it, and and I think it does. Uh, you know, I think it it's worthwhile knowing about that stuff. Uh, when you're trying to analyze a specific player and try and understand if they're going to be better going forward. But what happened, happened. And right now the Cubs are five games under 500. Uh, we talked about all the missed opportunities. And I think that's, I think right now that's, that's what we have to look back on, right? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This stretch sucks, but that that stretch of Miami, D.C., Miami, St. Louis, where they won one, two, three, four games, I believe, out of those. uh, 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 And that was like 10, uh, 13 games, four out of 13. They won against average to below average competition, and they probably should have won at least three more of those, if not more. Um, that's, that's right now that's kind of changed this season and, uh, they're not dead in the water. The season's not over. Uh, this is right now a very low point. And, uh, I was looking back at that 2019 season. Uh, they, the next game, they got walked off in Pittsburgh after that Philly, uh, after that Philly loss, I think they lost the first two to a bad Pittsburgh team. Uh, and then they rattled off like five or six in a row. That season, I was looking back, what a roller coaster that was. Like, winning streak, oh, this team's figured it out, and then losing streak, winning streak, losing streak, and obviously the gut punch losing streak near the end of the season uh, that kind of, that that did end their year. But that that was, I almost forgot how much of a roller coaster that was. So, uh if you if you want to if you want some solace, you can always remember that things have been worse, <laughs> fans. Well, I I thought that was a good historical reference point though because you know the Cubs can't like blame this on certain players anymore. Of just this idea that when things go bad, it just goes off the rails bad, and we're talking about the collapse at the end of the Madden era, that eleven game losing streak that led to the sell-off at the trade deadline, how they started last season. Like, that's kind of part of this organizational DNA right now, that it's not just, you know, oh, Joe Madden, you know, ran a country club clubhouse or, you know, certain players, you know, maybe were a little distracted by whatever. Like, in terms of the overall, like, talent and problem-solving abilities, I think this is going to be a very revealing test and one of the good things about the athletic is i like you know to you know either seek out or it'll just pop up on your feed of like how other teams are doing and andy mccullough had a good calm on the mets like maybe this is just what 
the Mets are. You know, they're 21-23. Dennis Lynn's writing about the Padres getting booed in San Diego. They're 20-24. and 24. Like, you mentioned the Phillies. You know, they're you know they're not exactly uh red hot right now so like there is you know a lane for them to get back in this and uh, you know the national league is you know the dodgers and the braves and kind of a lot of you know wait and see and whether it's like you know new personnel new rule changes wbc uh maybe some you know uh, inefficient spending this winter that created outsized, whatever it was, like this is kind of a, a weird start to the year and that the Cubs are lucky that they're not uh, in the Mer- American League East or that, you know, they did avoid, you know, the kind of White Sox start to where it felt over before it really began. But like this is where, you know, David Ross and Jed Hoyer really have to, you know, come up with some solutions fast because you know what we're going to be writing about if there's another five game losing streak here pretty soon or if this spirals is something more it's like we all know uh how they're going to uh approach the trade deadline if they're you know five games under 500 like if they're around 500 and a couple of games out maybe you can have a certain conversation about making sense to keep together but the way this is trending right now if they don't turn it around it's going to be a really easy decision uh, for Jed Hoyer. Right. What do we got? We got like a month and a half uh, for them to kind of get right before we're talking about that. Right. It, like, so it, over the next month and a half, if we see a, another poor stretch, like it's going to be trade deadline talk. Uh, you know, it, it's not, nobody wants that. I, I mean, I, you know, Patrick and I aren't sitting here rooting for the Cubs but we certainly are sick of writing big picture stories and and just uh, you know previewing who they're going to trade like like breaking down the games is actually interesting but at a certain point the games don't matter when when the player when the team isn't competing so it it gets it gets frustrating to cover just poor baseball and and a losing team over and over again and guess what the players aren't as fun to talk to either i will say that you know two things uh talking going around the clubhouse the past few days um it is a good it is a good group we should we should remember that and and uh David Ross and and Jed Hoyer, like you said, need to need to figure out what buttons to push to get this back on on track. But there are a lot of veterans in that group, right? Like that's that's part of the reason why um, we've said over the past couple of weeks that you know letting Eric Hosmer go wouldn't be like some disastrous thing to this clubhouse. There are a lot of guys that get it. There are a lot of guys that that know what needs to be done to to keep a group together to make sure um, you know losing streaks of five games don't turn into eight games, things like that, right? Uh, We'll see if they can turn this around. But two things that were pointed out: uh, Drew Smiley said yesterday after the loss, like, uh, what, "What do we need to?" I asked him what they need to avoid in that clubhouse to make sure things don't spiral out of control. And he's like, "Just we can't lose confidence in in ourselves or in each other." Uh, and and obviously that's true. You, you know, a lack of confidence, like I mentioned with Fulmer, like it, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if his confidence is dinged. Um, that that can really impact a team and when he says lose confidence in each other i think that's really big as well um that's something else another player in that clubhouse told me um 
you have to avoid the finger pointing. Uh, if they start blaming each other, uh, start saying you're not, I'm doing my job, you're not doing your job type thing, that's that's when you know it's spiraling out of control. Where where it's like, okay, this is this is done. Like you can't you can't do, get away with stuff like that. It's just not going to work. It hasn't hit that point yet. We're you know middle of May, so I, I, it'd be really bad if you were if you were hitting that point. But that it's a good group of guys, so I'd be surprised if we get to that point. But frustration can lead to those types of things. Even for brief moments, they have to do their best to avoid that. Um, it's not impossible to climb out of this type of hole. Uh, I want to say that Seattle had a similar record last year. Uh, Cleveland had a similar record last year. They both won 90 games, 90 plus games, uh, made the playoffs, uh, looked like solid teams. I, I don't know if the Cubs can do that. I really don't. I like, I do like their starting pitching. I, I do think this team is better than five games under 500, but you are what you are. So, it, you know, we, we can't, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to argue with anyone that's frustrated with this team or just thinks they're not good enough because there's, it's, it's impossible to, to argue against the facts. And, and the reality is this team has fallen five games under 500. It's, you know, what really is remarkable to me, Patrick, is the, those two losses in my Minnesota fine you know that that type of stuff happens you know bad outing from Wisniewski bad outing from Stroman but they started this road trip with one of the best wins of the season like that was a great win and and you have Morell hitting these rockets uh so much energy and you know even those two losses it's like well we know our pitching will get back to what it it needs to be and and that that series in Houston, the, the series in Houston is just crushing right now. It's just it it just wipes away everything that looked kind of interesting about the team. And now you're like, where are they? Uh, this day off does help. I, I know probably not for fans who have to dwell on the loss and and think about it, but uh, they're the, the team's already in Philadelphia. They got the hell out of Houston. I don't think they had a bit of fun here. And, and they're in Philly. Hopefully they're, they're, they're not thinking about baseball and, and they can go out and, and reset because I, I don't really know what else you can do. Shake up the bullpen a little bit more after a shakeup on Monday. Um, you know, Nico comes back. Bellinger comes back, hopefully. Uh, that's another thing. Do people, like, people really are upset about the way they handle these IL stints. Um it's exactly what you should do for a minor injury. Like see if your superstar center fielder can come back, give him a couple days. It's there's a day off baked in right there. So it's two days where you're playing with a short bench. And then, and then Friday, if he's not ready to come back, then you backdate it. You, you don't really lose much. Uh, They did the same thing with Nico. I think it's the right move. Uh, And I also think, uh, fans kind of focus in on their team and don't realize this is pretty pretty normal across the league. Um, I, I the feeling I got is that Bellinger is pretty much okay, but we'll see. That that was the feeling we got with Nico as well. I mean, Nico was like running stairs at at Wrigley. I'm not sure if you were there that day. Did you see, he was like what? I almost bumped. I almost bumped into him. Okay, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's like <laughs> like, and then they you know they go on the road trip and he's put on the IL. So obviously they they were being cautious there. We'll see. I I don't know. Like uh, I didn't even see like 
I mean, I'm sure he was getting some sort of treatment, but Bellinger wasn't doing much. Uh, uh, like he he isn't sitting in the clubhouse with ice. He's not wearing anything around that knee. Uh, I I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll find out tomorrow when we get to the clubhouse uh, what the situation is. But I I I don't think this is anything significant. Those two guys back in the lineup. You make the right moves. I think it's you know I think they, there's some there's some buttons you can push here. I I really think Miles Masturboni needs to be on this roster and not and not Eric Hosmer. That's a that's a versatile lefty bat who can pinch hit, who can start in a pinch at multiple positions. Uh, like he, I I think his numbers aren't great, but I think he's put up some quality at bats since being called back up. And frankly, like there was a lot, if you remember, like early on, there were a lot of line drives that he sprayed around that got caught. Uh, I, I think he's, I think that's a good bench bat. I'm not saying he should be starting over anyone, but that's a quality bench bat. And there's, there's just no spot for Eric Cosmer. I think Keegan Thompson needs to go figure things out in AAA, figure out who you're calling up, whether it's a young guy like Sanders or a veteran or, you know, an older guy like Vinny Natoli. I'm not sure if Vinny Natoli's old, so. Uh, <laughs> but well, well, you'll find out when you meet, introduce yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, I just think there are some things that can happen here. Uh, you can't come into Philly with the exact same group, uh, I guess, and and you know there there will be some some slight moves with with Nico coming back at minimum so we'll see if they can get back on track but this is like you I mean you pointed out there are plenty of other teams that are that are in in a state right now and and you need to can the Cubs be the one be one of them that get bounces back because not all those teams are going to be bad right Mets and Padres just have better I mean the, the the response from people would be that the Mets and Padres just have more talent than the Cubs so you'd expect them to bounce back but I I'm not I don't think this team is done. I just think it, they, they've dug themselves a hole, and it, it's far from ideal considering that they don't have as much talent as those teams or obvious talent as those teams. So so we'll see we'll see if they what type of fight they have and and whether they can bounce back. But that's 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 a tough loss. That's a tough loss in a really bad series. Yeah, I think that's a good way to frame it. I'm certainly not saying the Cubs are going to win the national league pennant but the last three teams from a full season uh to go to the world series out of the nl you know where the the nationals were scuffling right i think they were whatever maybe double digit games under 500 something absurd it was bad the i mean they were bad the braves were middling when they traded for jock peterson and obviously the cubs handled the phillies last year so there's certainly enough time to not necessarily go on a World Series run, but turn this season around and change the tenor around the team and maybe show some of that organizational backbone that we're kind of curious to see if they have. But it's also May 18th, and this is really early to be talking about trade deadline, (laughs) not pushing the panic button. You know, it'll be bad if we start finger-pointing. Like, there's, like, this is a really... Uh, crucial time for them to get this right. And I think all those moves you outlined are not just reasonable, but probably likely or at least on the table. You can throw Kyle Hendricks in there as well if if he's good to go soon. And then, uh, yeah, you've got 
uh, what is it? The Mets, Reds, Rays, and then a three-city West Coast trip. Like, I think Ooh. just this schedule this year is um, different. I think even players are finding it that way. And, like, you know, it's also when you get certain teams. And, you know, that stretch, if we were talking about this in March, might have looked like a gauntlet. And now it seems to be a lot of sort of – evenly matched teams or teams with a lot more talent on paper that just are kind of banged up and aren't performing. So this is a time where they have to start banking some wins and turning it around before the bottom falls out on them. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, that's the same thing. I, I was saying the same thing about Minnesota and, and Houston, right? Like they're, they're not, they're, yeah. they aren't as yeah. good as we thought they'd be, or, or they're kind of <laughs> scuffling and, 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 you know, they went one and one and five. So, uh, you know, maybe the Cubs are the antidote to what everybody needs because now the Cardinals are hot as well. I think the Cubs are what, like one and a half games ahead of the Cardinals, one game ahead of the Cardinals. It's not good. It's not good, folks. Uh, yes, they're five, five back of the Brewers and uh, one and a half out of last place. Oof. And they have the exact same record as the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. So, okay. So we're leaving on a high note, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's it for us, guys. We, we're, we're, uh, we wish we could provide you a more upbeat uh, podcast, but the reality is the Cubs are on a five-game losing streak and just, you know, had the most devastating loss we can recall in, in years. So, so that's a, that's a tough one to you know <laughs> to try and spin a positive about, and and there's no reason to try and do that with where they are. So we'll we'll be back at you on Monday. Uh, hopefully Brett is available and rested, and and he's uh, in a joyous mood so he can lead this podcast uh, to better places. Uh, I'm Sahadev Sharma. That's Patrick Mooney. Read our work at the Athletic. Uh, this is on to Waveland, the Cubs podcast. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Thanks.